Okay, Who Thunkers, this is the host of the Who Thunkin' podcast, Zeb, coming at you uh, with episode 117 called Spontaneous Combustion. Actually, uh, no, it's called <laughs> Spontaneous Human Combustion. That's just what I wrote down first. It's Spontaneous Human Combustion, episode 117. Um, looking forward to getting into this with you. Shouldn't be too long. Uh, a lot, a little disclaimer, a lot of what you're going to hear, I just took from like scientific places. I tried to uh, paraphrase as much as I could, but it's scientific stuff. So um, important to say. Before we get into the main topic, I'm going to go over the recommendation segment as I do hallways. And this week I recommend... You uh, check out Love, Death, and Robots. It's an original Netflix show that is like no other. I may or may not have already suggested this at one point, but a new season came out, so check it out. This collection of animated short stories spans several genres, including science fiction, fantasy, horror, and comedy. World-class animation creators bring captivating stories to life in the form of a unique and visceral viewing experience. The animated anthology series includes tales that explore alternative hit alternative alternate histories, life for robots in a post-apocalyptic city, and a plot for world domination by super-intelligent yogurt. So there is humor, there is dark stuff, it's definitely not for kids. And among the show's executive producers is Oscar-nominated director David Fincher. So pretty cool. Now, season three just dropped a few months ago back, I think like one month, and it is just as spectacular as the first two seasons. One episode in particular that I'm recommending you watch, just about 15 minutes long, caught my eye. The animation, it's called Jibaro, J-I-B-A-R-O. The animation is hard to distinguish from live action or reality in most of the episode, which I thought was really cool, especially when they're looking at the foliage and the forest. I, you really cannot tell the difference. You cannot tell that it's animated. And it was built from the ground up. They weren't taking... You know, sometimes when you play a video game or watch animated shows, they're taking elements from other pre-created, like, stock animation. They created it all on their own. Um, it was amazing how much time they went into a 15-minute episode. The story follows a band of medieval Spanish knights as they traverse the New World over in America. Then they come upon a lake that is guarded by a gold and jewel-covered siren. Um... What follows is 15 minutes of tragic death and dance. Uh, live actors were used to capture the episode's ballet dances, which are great, and I find it beautifully sad. So please check that out. Um, you owe it to yourself. Now for the main event. <clears throat> what is spontaneous human combustion? Spontaneous human combustion is the pseudoscientific concept of the combustion of a living human body without an apparent external source of ignition. In layman's terms, that means a person bursts into flames with no good explanation. Victims are usually found as a pile of ash with their feet and or hands less burned or kept entirely intact, which is weird. Victims are usually found as a pile of, oh, adding to the mystery, while uh, spontaneous human combustion, or SHC, victims are almost completely burned down to ash and bone. Their surroundings are usually left intact and untouched by fire, which is weird. Investigators are almost always stumped by these spontaneous human combustion cases. There is usually no reason to suspect foul play. Some of the victims are just sitting in their houses relaxing. But one thing is always the same. No source of ignition can be found for the blaze, and the rest of the room or house is left virtually unscathed. 
as if confined to their bodies. So it's like the body caught fire itself. Coroners at the scene have sometimes noted a sweet, smoky smell in the room where the incident occurred. Well, um, and I read that somewhere and thought, huh, wow, coroners found a smoky smell <laughs> where a fire happened. No surprise. But the sweet thing is a bit weird. In a number of photos taken from the scene, the corpse's torso and head are charred beyond recognition, but some extremities remain intact, with the hands, feet, or uh, part of the legs being apparently unburned. In many um, spontaneous human combustion cases, there is a greasy residue left behind on furniture and walls, which is kind of creepy. So I have my own theory already. People catch fire, the ignition that they can't find that, that caused it, is burned in said fire because fire and air is weird. The fire doesn't go to the rest of the house um, because the person is both has fat to fuel it and also is wet. So it doesn't get too out of control. Um, and your hands and legs are extremities. So it comes and it's weird. And not all victims die though. Some spontaneous human combustion victims burst into flames and are able to get the fire put out before they die. Some people just report burns on their bodies without knowing how they got them. So Frank, I, I did find one example. Frank Baker, a Vietnam vet, he was getting ready to go fishing with his buddy back in 1985 when it happened to him. Uh, here's quotes. I had no idea what was taking place in my body. None. Uh, we were getting ready for fishing, sitting on the couch. Everything was great. Pete was sitting next to me. We were having a hell of a time. Uh, and then he burst into flames. <laughs> but the pair were able, they were, they leapt to their feet and they were able to put out the flames in time. So that's great. Frank Baker caught on fire. The whole thing was he was talking to his doctor and they said, oh, we think it's because you were smoking and drinking beer, uh, which might have something to do with it. But his doctor said this came from the inside of your body. Uh, so Frank's like, ah, oh, he's a believer in spontaneous human combustion. And he's probably more of an expert on it than I am because it happened to him or maybe it didn't. I don't know. That's the whole thing. The whole theme of the spontaneous human combustion. A lot of people say it's a hoax. It's fake. It's a myth. Um, but, but a lot of the people say, like, what's the explanation for these weird bodies that are burned that the room isn't? Taking human bodies out of the, ex the equation. So if we look at this scientifically to see if this is real, um, you do find that there are instances of spontaneous combustion happening all the time that science confirms. A pile of rags in a mechanic's garage or a pile of hay left out in the field that have been known to catch fire without external ignition. Regular spontaneous combustion is defined as the ignition of organic material, hay or coal, uh, without apparent cause, typically through heat generated internally by rapid oxidation. That's the official definition that doesn't necessarily pertain to human bodies. So like I said, dirty rags in a bucket can catch flames. Here's how science explains it. As oxygen from the air hits the rags, it can slowly raise their internal temperature high enough to ignite the flammable oil. And when hay bales decompose, microbes and bacteria living inside them can generate enough heat to kindle a spark and catches the hay bale on fire. So how does this happen to humans, or does it really happen to humans at all? Uh, to tackle that question, let us take a look at some of the cases of spontaneous human combustion. Be warned on the blog, I do some pretty gruesome photos of just legs next to a pile of ash. Pretty gross. So, cases of spontaneous human combustion. The first case um, on record book takes place in Milan uh, in late 1400s when a knight named Polonus Vis... Vorstius alleged, allegedly burst into flames in front of his own parents. After quaffing a few glasses of strong wine, Polonus Vorstius began to feel unwell and proceeded to burp 
long flames of fire and catch fire and right in front of his parents. Officially, Polonus Vortius' fiery fate didn't enter the historical record until 1641, nearly two centuries after Polonius or Polonus' demise. Um, that's when a Danish medical expert named Thomas Bartholin included the event in his magnum opus, the Historium Anatomicarum Rariorium, <laughs> just r- rare medical stuff. I wanted to say, okay, what is it? Where does this first happen? Spontaneous human combustion, where we first record it. So it's, I found something that said about this night in the 1400s. So like, okay, who said so? Yeah, here, here's where it gets a bit shady. Um, so his medical thing over 200 years later was written after it actually happened right there. Not very credible. Uh, but his thing, his medical catalog, um, does medical cases from throughout history. Bartholin claimed that he heard the story from later generations of the Vistoria or Vorstius family. Uh, but with 200 years between the alleged immolation and Bartholin's written account, it's entirely likely that the story had been embellished by the time that Bartholin got to it. And the very least, um, like every other case of spontaneous human combustion, the Vor- Vorstius blaze is more or less impossible to verify, especially since it's from the 1400s. In 1663, Bartholin described how a woman in Paris went up in ashes and smoke while she was sleeping. So now we have something from 1663. The straw mattress on which she slept was unmarred by the fire. And in 1673, a French man named Jonas Dupont published a collection of spontaneous human combustion cases in the work De Incendies Corpis Humane Spontanei. Uh, I did that in an Italian accent. He was a French dude. But anyway, <laughs> so you have dudes from the 1600s that just keep publishing this. Late at night on Christmas Eve in 1885, now we're jumping another 200 years, in the small farming town of Seneca, Illinois, a woman named Matilda Rooney burst into flames. She was alone in her kitchen when it happened, just by herself. The fire quickly incinerated her entire body except her feet, which is weird. That's a weird recurring element here. The incident also killed her husband, Patrick, who was found, he was suffocated from the flames, uh, which is weird, uh, in the room next door. So, wasn't a victim of spontaneous human combustion, he is, but he didn't catch fire. In 1951, jumping ahead from the 1880s to 1951, a 67-year-old widow named Mary Reeser was at home in St. Petersburg, Florida. On the morning of July 2nd, her landlady discovered that Reeser's front door handle was hot when the landlady broke in the apartment with the help of two workmen they found a slipper clad foot that uh what looked like a charred shrunken skull so no other body parts were present those gruesome remains sat in a puddle of grease on the floor where reeser's easy chair used to be the rest of her apartment bore very little evidence of fire paranormal enthusiasts see reeser's death as a classic example of spontaneous human combustion. Skeptics point out that the woman was a confirmed smoker who'd taken at least two sleeping tablets that day. Maybe a dropped cigarette and not spontaneous human combustion was what sealed her doom. So there's always two different sides of this. December 5th, 1966, the body of a 92-year-old Dr. J. Irving Bentley was discovered in the Pennsylvania home by a meter reader. Actually, um, only part of Dr. Bentley's leg and a foot were found. The rest of his body were had been burned to ashes in his bathroom. Part of the good doctor's incinerated robe lay at the side, and his walker was left propped against the blackened bathtub. 
But the most eye-catching clue was a massive hole in his vinyl floor, measuring two feet wide by four feet long. It had eaten into the wooden floor beams and left a pile of ashes in the basement below. The rest of the house remained intact. At first, Bentley's demise was identified as careless mishap. The elderly gentleman loved to smoke his pipe, and he had a habit of carrying matches in his robe pockets. Upon reviewing the scene, the coroner deduced that Bentley had fallen asleep while smoking in the bathroom and was burned alive after some of his clothing caught fire. So what makes it their spontaneous combustion where we don't know why people are catching fire without an external ignition. And then there's other things what, like if, if when coroners suggest, oh, it's going to drop cigarette, that's ignition from an external source. And that's not really a mystery. That's just how fire works. So that's the difference here. Spontaneous human combustion is like something inside you catches on fire, like your own gut. Now, next, in 1982, a mentally handicapped woman named Jean Lucille, or Jeannie Safin, was sitting with her elderly father in their home in Edmonton in northern London. To her parents' horror, Jeannie's upper body suddenly became enveloped in flames. The stove appeared to be unlit, and no smoke or fire damage could be found anywhere else in the room. Even the wooden chair that she was sitting on at the time was spared. Uh, Mr. Safin and his son-in-law, Donald Carroll, Managed to put out the blaze, but after a brief hospital stay, Jeannie died of third-degree burns. Did she combust without warning? Believers think so, but some forensic analysts wonder if an ember from her father's pipe ignited poor Jeannie's clothing. In 2010, 76-year-old Michael Flaherty, I never know how to pronounce those names. No, not Flaherty. Flaherty. F-A-H-E-R-T-Y. <laughs> Flaherty of Galway, Ireland, was found dead in his living room floor. His body was thoroughly crisped which is a gross description, with his head lying beside his open fireplace. The ceiling space immediately above his body showed burn marks, and so did the floor beneath it. Yet nothing else in Faherty's, Faherty's home was torched. News of his tragic death probably wouldn't have spread beyond the local obituaries if coroner Ciarin McLaughlin didn't point out uh, point to spontaneous human combustion as its cause. Um, quote, this fire was thoroughly investigated, McLaughlin reported in an official statement. And I'm left with the conclusion that this fits into the category of spontaneous human combustion, for which there is no adequate explanation. Not everyone is convinced, though. Critics say that an ember from the fireplace could have landed on Faherty's uh, clothing and started a fatal blaze. Yes, yeah, so there's always a pretty good explanation besides this weird scientific thing. But he, what are the theories behind all these cases? What's What do some people think? For an object to combust spontaneously, three things need to happen. First, the body must be heated to its ignition temperature, so hot enough to catch fire, the point at which all the point at which it will catch fire without being exposed to an external flame or spark. If the heat building up inside of the object cannot escape, and if it's being exposed to a steady flow of oxygen that isn't rapid enough to cool it down, the stage will be set for spontaneous ignition. That's how it applies to the rags and the hay bales. One of the biggest theories is to blame tobacco. People creating small controlled fires inside their homes comes with risks. Uh, that control part of the control fire, not always the case. Um, and especially when they're addicted to it um, and incorporate it into every aspect of their lives. Smoking a cigarette in bed is a quick way to die by fire. So <laughs> tobacco, not the safest thing. And, you know, before like the 1960s, whenever they, they came out that cigarettes were terrible for you, people smoked them everywhere, in bed, you know, everywhere. Another theory is alcohol is to blame. 
Charles Dickens blamed booze in the 1850s. Uh, the writer ignited great interest in spontaneous human combustion by using it to kill off a character in his novel, Bleak House. The character named Crook was an alcoholic following the belief at the time that spontaneous human combustion was caused by excessive amounts of alcohol in the body. American prohibitionists helped spread this notion as, they're den as they denounced the evils of alcoholism. So Dickens sort of fed that flame. In the preface, in the preface to the book edition of Bleak House, written after the novel had already been published in serial form, Dickens defended his use of spontaneous human combustion against accusations of implausibility, citing several famous cases and the judgments of eminent medical doctors that such a thing was indeed possible. He said, I shall not abandon the facts, he concluded in his Dickensian you know, panache, the way he talked. Uh, I shall not abandon the facts until there shall have until there shall have been a considerable spontaneous combustion combustion of the testimony on which human occurrences are usually received. So basically he defended it. Dickens wasn't the only one to mention the spontaneous human combustion. Herman Melville and Nikolai Gogol um, used, it to used it to dispatch characters in their novels Redburn and Dead Souls, respectively. Although the scientific... Um, the scientific support for spontaneous human combustion was weaker than Dickens stated. It was a wild, widely discussed phenomenon in his time. The public largely accepted it as a reality on moral grounds. The victims were often alcoholic or overweight, and more were female than male. So there was a general perception that it was kind of like a retribution for debauched lifestyle, being basically sinful. This idea was reinforced uh, by lurid newspaper accounts of suspected cases. It made intuitive sense, um, after all, that a body saturated with a flammable substance, alcohol would become flammable, but that's not how science works. So, of course, religion, religious fanatics uh, like to throw in their two cents on the matter uh, as if spontaneous human convict, uh, combustion victims were sinful and struck down by a higher power. And you might guess how I feel about that theory. That's malarkey. Maybe our farts are to blame, <laughs> which I find funny. Other ideas are more pro uh, popular today. One widespread belief says that uh, the fire is sparked when methane, a flammable gas produced by gut bacteria, builds up in the intestines and is ignited by enzymes or proteins in the body that act as catalysts to induce and speed up chemical reaction. Yet this begs the question of why there are no reported instances of spontaneous combustion of cows, which produce far more methane than people. Uh, but I find that horrifying, like, the, if that is true, the, the gut biome could cause me to catch fire from the inside. It's also been suggested that the fire begins because of static electricity building up inside the body or from an external geomagnetic force. A self-proclaimed expert on spontaneous human combustion, Larry Arnold, <laughs> self-proclaimed expert, has suggested that the phenomenon is the work of a new subatomic particle called the pyroton, which he says interacts with cells to create a mini explosion. But as of 2018, uh, August of 2018, there's no scientific evidence that proves the existence of this art of this particle or spontaneous human combustion itself. So that's kind of quack. If we find it, great. Uh, but a pyroton, probably not a thing. <laughs> a possible explanation, this one I thought was pretty cool, uh, is the wick effect. When lit by a cigarette, smoldering embers, or other heat source, um, the body acts much like an inside-out candle. A candle is composed of a wick, 
on the inside surrounded by a wax made of flammable fatty acids. That's a candle. The wax ignites the wick and keeps it burning. Um, so the human body, the body fat acts as the flammable substance, and the victim's clothes are or hair acts as the wick. So it's like an inside-out candle, which is a really morbid way to <laughs> describe a human body. But as the fat melts from the heat, it soaks into the clothing and acts as a wax-like substance to keep the wick burning slowly. Scientists um, say this would explain why victims' bodies are destroyed, yet their surroundings are barely burned. Forensic scientist John DeHaan once watched this gruesome spectacle unfold in real time to a pig. Uh, but don't worry, it wasn't alive when it happened. A 1998 experiment um, that was televised on the BBC was wrapped they, they wrapped a pig corpse in a blanket, then lit the, the garment ablaze uh, with some petrol or, or gas. As DeHaan looked on, the animal's uh, body fat liquefied, adding more fuel to the fire. By the time he put out the flames, as a, f uh, a few hours later, the slow, intense burning had converted a large percentage of the pig's flesh to bone to ash. The rest of the room suffered minimal damage. So that's sort of, you know... A lot like what we've been talking here. Yet the dead pig's feet remained intact. This is consistent with the reports of spontaneous human combustion, leaving dis disembodied feet or hands behind. Extremities don't contain as much fat as the core of the body does. So they are, le they are less likely to go up in smoke when the wick effect occurs. So that's one of the best theories so far. Now, is this real? Like according to scientists, probably not. None of the proposed scientific explanations for how a body would spontaneously burst into flames have held up to scrutiny. Some of the early proposed mechanisms rely on rely on outdated medical ideas, such as the notion of an ignition could be the could be the result of an imbalance of the bodily humors, which is nonsense. The Victorian explanation that alcohol rendered the body flammable doesn't work either, seeing that the concentrations of alcohol in either the most intoxicated people are much too low, um, that an, an external source of ignition would be required. Much more likely to die by alcohol, alcohol poisoning than having alcohol cause you to burn to death. Uh, no one has proven or disproven uh, spontaneous human combustion, though. Um, they haven't been able to prove or disprove that it's real. A lot of scientists tend to think that it is not. When you look at the victims, you notice that a lot of them were smokers and a lot of them were either under the influence of alcohol or have some kind of other motor functions uh, affected in some way, like old age. So a lot of them were old as well. When you look up documentaries or articles about spontaneous human combustion, you'll find a lot of sketchy sources. Weird, like, uh, you guys also talk about ancient aliens type deal. The, the only trusted source sources say that it is almost certainly doesn't exist. My verdict, we don't know. All the trusted sources propose theories that made some sense, like the Wick theory. Uh, but no one really knows because the evidence was burned. Fire destroys things, so in many of the cases, it could have destroyed a source of ignition. Or maybe humans can actually spontaneously combust. The, the reality is we don't know, uh, but it, that is horrifying. <laughs> when I saw an episode of the Science Channel's Unexplained Files on spontaneous human combustion as a kid, it became my new fear, like my fad fear for the for the month. I remember for about a week or so or a month, I was worried I might burst into flames and not be able to do anything about it, which is horrifying. But the fact is, even if it is real, it's a pretty rare occurrence. That being said, if this shit happened to you, it would be undoubtedly the most painful experience of your life. This sounds horrible, being cooked from the inside by your own fat. Ugh. But seriously, rest easy, Huda Thunkers. 
this stuff probably isn't real. Now go about your day and, you know, go to work or finish your commute and bam, your abdomen starts feeling funny. And before you know it, the room is smelling like bacon and you realize the bacon is you. It is your fat that is the bacon. It might happen to any of us. But seriously, fire is dangerous. Be wary of that. Thanks for listening, Who to Thunkers. Episode 117 is done. Hope you all have a uh, good week and don't lose any sleep over the spontaneous human combustion as my little childhood brain did when I was a kid <laughs> and learned that it was a thing. So it is a thing. It also, it also could not be a thing, but people do catch fire and that's scary. Thanks for listening and tune in next week. Mm-hmm.